as your pastor, am feeling a definite call uh, on my heart to be more of a godly father, to be more of a pastor, to be more of a spiritual leader uh, in my home. I want you men out there to know, guys, we need a little more house lights. I can't see anybody. I'm a little scared. Okay, cool. Now, um, and um, I, I, I want you to know as a pastor, guys, that I feel that call for me as a spiritual leader. I, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm here at the church just about every day. And God said, first you, Pharaoh, first you. You rise up and be that dad. You rise up and be that spiritual leader. You rise up and be that husband that I've called you to be. And then I want you to call your men of the church you serve as pastor. I want you to call them as we go into this new year, this new decade, that it is time for the men to stop playing church. It is time for the men to stop doing just enough to get by. It's time for the men of Whitley Church. It's time for the men of the bridge to press in. Press in. Too long we have let the women do all of that for us. Even in my years as a pastor, not here since I've been at Whitley, but I've even heard men say that things like the the little lady takes care of the religion and the family. No, sir. Gentlemen, God has called you to do that. And we're going to talk about it today. And this is the last sermon in this series. Some of the men out there might be going, thank goodness. And then next week, we're going to get into prayer. But I got to tell you, next week, we're going to talk about prayer for four weeks. The next um, series, we're going to talk about the Bible for about four weeks, because God is calling us in this new year to get into prayer and get into the Word, gentlemen, as we never have before. And you single guys out there, now is the time to build your core values. Now is the time to establish who you're going to be. You say, well, I don't have a family to lead, but you will have, more than likely you will have. And, and, and now is the time to get all of that settled in your heart. Because see, single young man, when you are right with God, then you will choose the right woman. And single young lady, when you are right with God, you will choose the right man. So you do it now. You don't wait and say, one day, when I get married and, and when I'm ready to settle down, then, at that time, no, it's now. It's right now God is calling us to rise up. He's calling on the men of this church to rise up and obey Him fully. Obey Him fully. Not just obey Him in some areas and, and kind of uh, ignore the other areas, areas, but God is calling us to obey Him fully. He's calling us to become the men that the Word of God is very clear uh, the kind of men we should be. And he wants us to rise up and to do it. In Psalm 128, verses 1 through 6, we are using that uh, chapter in the Bible as a text. And I'm not going to read through all of that because I will cover much of it as I'm preaching this morning. 
Um, but the verses are very clear. Psalm 128 is God's plan for the man. Now you can find other things there and you could teach on other topics. But when you look at that chapter as a whole, it is really God's plan for the male, for the man. And let's do a little review of what we've already talked about and then let's see what God has for us today. We talked about this, that a real man, a real godly man is a man who will have a faithful walk with the Lord. A faithful walk. In Psalm 128.1 it says, Blessed or blessed or happy is everyone who does certain things. Now this word blessed and happy means, means a kind of fulfillment the world can't offer. It's a, it's a level of fulfillment the world cannot offer. I saw on Facebook this week a young person, a young person in our church wrote, is there anything in this world that will ever satisfy me? Anything in this world that will ever satisfy me? The answer to that is no. This world offers nothing that will satisfy you. This world offers many things that will give you temporary pleasure. But this world offers nothing that will satisfy you. The Bible says blessed or happy or satisfied or content. Or, or you will live the abundant life when you do these things. When you fear the Lord. That means honor, respect. Have him in his rightful place in your life. When you revere him, when you worship the Lord, when you walk in his ways, when you stop walking in your ways and start walking in his, when you live according to his commandments. And when that says commandments, it doesn't mean the Ten Commandments. It doesn't mean just the Ten Commandments. It certainly includes them, but it means the Word of God. The Word of God. When you live your life according to the Word of God. <clears throat> We have uh, learned that the man is a picture of Almighty God in the home. I didn't say he was Almighty God. I've run into a couple of men who thought they were, I think. But he is a picture of God in the home, the man is. And he is a picture of God to his children. He is a picture of Jesus to his wife. For he is the groom and uh, the wife, of course, being the bride, and Jesus is the groomsman, and we are his bride. So we learned this in our first uh, message. And we, we learned that if a man will follow Psalm 128 and 1, that he will give to his family a clear and uh, proper and accurate uh, image of God. See, it's very important that men are men of God because that is where their children get their idea of the heavenly father is from their own father. You say, Pastor, I know some very sad situations then. So do I. But that's God's ideal plan. Now moms out there who are trying to serve the Lord and the husband will not serve the Lord, rise up, ladies, and do your best. And do your best. And some of you have done an incredible job without any support at all. And I tip my hat to you today and, and I honor you today. But God's ideal is that the man, the man will lead his family. Number two, we looked at last week, if you're a real godly man, then you're going to have a fruitful work. 
The Bible says in Psalm 180, 128 and 2, it says, For you shall eat the fruit of the labor of your hands. And here's that word again. Fulfilled, happy, joyful, abundant life will be yours. And it shall be well with you. And we talked about the instincts that God puts in a man and the instincts that God puts in a woman. And they're different. And this often causes friction. But if they were the same, it would cause way more friction. And so we talked about the can't help it. So remember that? Uh, the women kind of get upset with the men for stuff men can't help. The men kind of get upset with women for stuff women can't help. I have become convinced at my house that it is a God-given instinct to hide stuff in a woman. <laughs> Does your wife hide stuff from you guys? Then she goes, oh, that's in a totally different room now. I just forgot to mention it. You can tell Millie and I have had some recent discussions about this very topic. Where is my toothbrush now? Okay. Um, so men have instincts. Women have instincts. We spoke primarily of the instincts that men have, and uh, that is as provider. We talked about that in detail. And some of you men sitting here may not have been here last week. And we discussed how God views it when the man maybe is not the primary breadwinner in the house. We live in a time in society and in our modern way of living that often the woman is the primary breadwinner in the house. And uh, the enemy will use that to put the man down or to cause friction in the family. And remember, guys, I taught last week that as long as you are uh, not lazy and as long as you are providing an atmosphere in your home where your wife and children can be all that God made them to be, then you are providing for your family. And so you need to, you need to not take on that guilt because the enemy has come to accuse you. He, he's come to accuse you and he's come to make you feel inadequate. He's come to make you feel, do uh, um, you use some modern language, like a loser. But you're not. You're not. You just rise up in that home and provide that atmosphere that allows that woman and those children to be everything God called them to be. And when you stand before the Lord and he asks you if you were a provider and you, uh, you uh, put your life out before him, he will say, well done. Well done. Does that make sense? So there are a lot of little things that the enemy does to bring condemnation on you. There are a lot of little things. You're a Christian, you love God, but, but when you don't fully understand, that's why I want you to get in the Word, because the more you learn about the Word in the new year, the more you uncover the tricks, the, the, the uh, um, schemes of the enemy, and, and he, has all, he has them for all of us. And when you are ignorant of the Word, that mean, doesn't mean you can't know, it means you don't know. And when you get in the Word and you begin to uncover the truth of the Word, then you begin to uncover His tricks and His schemes and things that used to bind you, you find out that it was never meant like you thought it was meant. And all of a sudden, you're set free in an area. Does this help anybody? So get in the Word this year. Get in the Word. That's why pastor wants you to do it. The third thing that we'll talk about today is that if you're a real man, a godly man, then... You will require and lead family worship. This is a, this is a big one. 
And I've got to tell you, it's probably one of the biggest challenges you will face as a man. But lead family worship. I'm not going to really tell you what that should look like. Because I think it will, <laughs> excuse me, I think it will look different in different homes. I think it will look different um, from different dads. And, and so guys, just say to God when you pray, just say, God, show me your pattern. Show me the way you want me to lead uh, in worship. Show me how you want me to lead my family in worship. Let's read uh, the scripture for that in Psalm 128. Let's begin with verse 3. It says to the man, your wife will be like a fruitful vine flourishing within your home. And look at all those children. There they sit around your table as vigorous and healthy as young olive trees. This is the picture of a woman who is being led spiritually by her husband. This is a picture of children who are being led spiritually by their father. This is the Lord's reward. Look at that. Verse 4 says, that woman healthy in Christ and and that woman living her life to the full and those children healthy in Christ and living their life to the full. This, sir, is your reward for being a man of God. This is your reward for rising up and saying, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Verse 5, may the Lord continually bless you. May he continually bless you from Zion. May you see Jerusalem prosper as long as you live. A man that seeks God's blessing, listen to this statement. A man that seeks God's blessing becomes God's blessing. A man who seeks God's blessing on his own individual personal life becomes God's blessing in his home. He becomes God's blessing to his wife because he sought intimacy with God and because he sought a relationship and a place with God that was above all other relationships in his life. Now he has become a blessing to his wife. He has become a blessing to his children. And the blessing that that man has become goes far beyond his family. And far beyond his home. For that man now blesses his church. And that man now blesses his community. And that man now because he has chosen to be a man of God. Blesses his nation. Blesses his nation. America will never be right. Until our homes get right. And our homes will never be what God wanted them to be. Until the daddies. And the husbands get right. And everybody said. Every husband and father is called. Called to lead their family to worship the Lord. The picture here in Psalm 128. It says the wife is like a tender vine. Look at that. She's like a tender vine. I know some of you men are out there saying. Man my wife ain't a tender nothing. No really. She's a, she's a tender vine. My wife gives me a hard time, Pastor. Well, you know, maybe if we were the man we ought to be, we'd find that tender vine. The Bible doesn't lie. The Bible says the wife is like a tender vine. And the children are like olive plants. You know what vines and olive plants need? 
They need to be cared for. They need to be cultivated. A vine can be something that produces much fruit, but it needs support. Listen to this. It needs something that it can attach itself to. It needs something it can lean on. It needs something that it can grow on. So your wife is like a vine by the side of the house. And you, sir, are that wall. You are that house. And your children are like olive trees. And in the Middle East, if you had olive trees, you were greatly blessed. You were considered a very wealthy man if you had olive trees. Olive trees were a source of productivity and they were a source of wealth and olive trees would be green and they would be productive and they would be beautiful and they would be stable. I mean, there are olive trees. Uh, uh, there's one I'm thinking of now that is, that I, I'm not sure of the age of it, but it's like thousands of years old, I believe, over in the Holy Land area that these trees live on and on and on if they're cultivated. Are y'all with me? You guys hearing me? Your wife will be everything you need her to be. She will, she will be that flourishing vine producing all that you need in your life as a man if you will take care of her spiritually. Not just, not just financially and emotionally and physically, but take care of her spiritually. The children will produce a great harvest for you. So dads, how do we cultivate our olive trees how do we cultivate our children? Well, let's look at what the Bible says in Ephesians 6 and 4. It says in Ephesians 6 and 4, And now a word to you fathers. So there's no mistake about who Paul's talking to here. And now a word to you fathers. Don't make your children angry by the way you treat them. Rather, bring them up in the discipline and instruction approved by the Lord. Now in this verse, you will find a negative and a positive. The negative is don't provoke them to anger. Let me tell you what that means. It means don't exasperate them. Don't frustrate your children. Don't badger your children. Listen to this one. Don't wound them. Don't wound your children. You say, well... My parents wounded me, and, and I guess that's why I'm... Stop that cycle. Rise up in the name of Jesus and stop that cycle. I hear stories of people who come in my office and share with me, and they begin to cry almost immediately. I've seen men who would never, ever let you see them cry. I've seen them break down in private as they talked about how they were wounded as children. And sometimes we turn around, men and women, and we use that as an excuse and say, well, I'm like I am because that's how I was raised. Well, stop it. You stop that cycle. I didn't say don't discipline your children, but the Bible says there's a difference in discipline and provoking them to wrath. Study that verse in your time. It means don't humiliate them. Don't wound them. I love what Josh McDowell said. Y'all ever heard of Josh McDowell? Read all his stuff. It's excellent. He said, rules without relationships leads to rebellion. Rules without relationships leads to rebellion. And how many times have we seen it? 
When fathers know how to put the law down and they know how to put the hammer down and they know how to say this won't go on in my house, but they don't know how to take them up in their lap. They don't know how to hold them and kiss them and tell them how precious they are to him. You men need to learn to do that. You say, I don't know, man, pastor, I got to tell you that's hard. It might be hard, but I'll tell you what will be harder is if that child grows up to resent you, that'll be a harder thing for you to deal with. Last night at our Christmas family get-together, uh, we got one little girl in our family. Everybody else had boys, and my middle brother Chuck had a, <coughs> excuse me, had a little girl. Her name's Caroline, and uh, last night I just watched them. She's just about as tall as her daddy is now. I don't think she's even 13 yet. Maybe she is. I don't know. But she was laying up in her daddy's lap, and he was kissing on her. She was kissing on him. And, and, and that little girl will grow up because of that. She will grow up with a healthy, a healthy perspective on men, much more healthy perspective on men. Um. Rules without relationships creates rebellion. You say, well, I, my boys are going to walk a straight line. That's great, but do you ever go fishing with them? You say, boy, I don't tolerate this in my house. That's fine. I don't have a problem with a man who has core values and a man who says this far and no more. But, but that same man needs to know how to walk with his son down the road alone and have a conversation with him. See, we often lay down the rules, but we don't talk about why. And I think sometimes daddies really don't know why. They don't know how to express the why. I hope I'm making sense to you this morning. That's negative. Don't provoke. Number two, or the positive side, is uh, to nurture. Don't provoke. Rather, do what? Nurture them. Nurture them. Bring them up, the Bible says, in the discipline is discipline essential? Absolutely. You know what discipline is? It is love. The Bible teaches us that over and over and over. All you have to do is go to Hebrews chapter 12 and read that chapter. Not now, but in your private time. Read that chapter. And it will tell you that the Lord disciplines those he loves. He loves. So we do have discipline. But there's that balance of discipline and love. And, and along with the discipline comes instruction. You know, one of the things that, that it is my responsibility to do here at Whitley Church, excuse me, is to cast vision and tell you all where we're going and what God is calling me to do as a pastor and, and the direction this church is going. You know, the best way to do that, I'm learning, is to not talk so much about the changes we need to make, but talk about the fruit that's going to come from it. Talk about what's going to happen. And I think that's what we need to do with our children. We sit down with them and say, you know, Dad has these rules, but let me tell you why. Let me tell you why Dad has these rules. Because if we walk this way and live this way, and if we stay away from these things and embrace these other things, here are the good things that will happen to you individually and that will happen to our family. I think daddies need to learn to talk that way. Why do you have the core values? Hey, it's wonderful that you got your rules, Dad. But, but help everybody in the family understand why those rules are there. The word for nurture has the idea again of tending a garden. 
Just like you would cultivate an olive tree. What does an olive tree need? You, you have to weed the area and keep the weeds away. You have to water it. You have to fertilize it. And the way you do that is by bringing godly discipline and instruction into the lives of your children. That's how you do it with your children. To bring up, listen to this statement, to bring up a child as God would have us to requires two things. To bring up a child as God would have us to requires two things from a parent and especially from a daddy. Time and demonstration. Sir, you've got to spend time with them. You have to spend time with them and you don't just talk about what the rules are, you demonstrate them in your own life. You demonstrate them in your own life. Time and demonstration. Did you know that the average father Spend seven and a half minutes per week with his teenagers. Did you know that? The average father spends seven and a half minutes a week with his teenager. And you might be thinking, well, I, I can't always be there. I have to work. And when I get home at night, I'm tired. You know what that tells me? It tells me your priorities aren't where they ought to be. We need to rework our priorities. And that comes through what I'll be preaching on next week. That comes through your prayer, your time with God. God sets your priorities. The Word of God sets your priorities. Psychologists tell us that if a father does not spend time with his daughter, her chances are, be are be of becoming either frigid, very cold, or promiscuous. Just rise dramatically. That's why when I saw my brother last night with his daughter, it brought tears to my eyes. Because I had just prepared this message. And then to see that being demonstrated, these children are olive plants. You say, I don't have time. Listen, the godly duties of a man never conflict. I've, I've heard men say, well, I tell you, uh, you know, I'm studying the Bible and I'm praying or, or, and I'm working and I'm, I'm providing for my family. So I don't have time to spend all that time with the children. And I just don't. The godly duties of a man never compete against one another. You say, well, where am I going to find the time then? Um, could turn the TV off. Whoa. Pastor's done going to meddling now. Isn't that true? I spend way too much time in front of mine. And um, most guys I know do. Hey, guys, listen. You know what your chief assignment is concerning your wife? I know some of you men are thinking, oh, boy, here it comes. Your major job, your major assignment as a husband to the wife, is to make her a better Christian. Your wife ought to be a better Christian because she married you. I know women who have to fight to serve God. I know women who have to fight and war, rise up in the morning and dress the children and feed them. Bundle them up, get them in the car, and drive out here. And Let me tell you something, mister. That's dangerous territory right there. Even if you're not going to come to church, maybe you're listening to me on TV today. If you're not at church on TV, on um, the computer, let me get some water. I think I'm getting dehydrated. 
If you're watching and you're not at, at church today, you're watching on the internet, let me tell you something. At least get up and help her. If you're not going to come to church, at least get up and help her. And let me tell you men something. When your wife works and makes her own income and you forbid her to tithe that income, that blood's on your hands, sir. It's not on hers. It's on yours. And I don't check that. I don't look at that. I don't know who does and who don't. But I tell you something. If I'm not going to serve God, I tell you one thing I'm not going to do. I sure am not going to stand in the way of my wife serving God. But I know men who say, I'm not going to serve God, and I'm going to make it as hard as I can for her to serve God, sir. I, I tremble for you. I tremble for you. I tremble for you. And the church said, you're the pastor in your house. Most women don't mind submitting to a man that will love them enough to die for them. Most women don't mind submitting to a man who shows that by the way he loves her and lives for her. Family worship. Now let me give you the last one as we close. So the great problem in America today is not primarily rebellious women. The great problem in America today is failing men. You say, boy, that's pretty strong, Pastor. I is one. I'm a man. And so I bring that to me today. I, I lay that on me. Guys, I, I'd love to be able to bring you something else and make it a little easier for you. But I've got to tell you what the Bible says. It's on us to lead our houses. It's on us to lead our church and lead our home. Let me give you the fourth one. If you're a real man, you'll acquire family wealth. Family wealth. Oh, he's going to talk about money now. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. Look at Psalm 128, verse 6. May you live to enjoy your grandchildren. Grant it, Jesus, I pray. I'm going to have me some one day. Or I'm going to steal some of yours. But I'm going to have me some grandchildren. May you live to enjoy your grandchildren. And may Israel have quietness and peace. What is wealth? Is wealth a Mercedes? Is it a BMW? Is it five bedrooms, four baths, a patio, a pool? What is wealth? I'll tell you what wealth is. It's a family. Wealth is a family. It's a spouse and children. I talk to couples. I've even had couples say to me right out, we're not going to have any children so we can have more things. Let me tell you something. Children... Don't make a rich man poor. Children make a poor man rich. The rich man, you see, he can't take his money to heaven, but he can take those children with him. It's true wealth. Listen to what the Bible says in Psalm 78, verses 3 through 8. Listen to this. Stories we have heard and know, stories our ancestors handed down to us, we will not hide these truths from our children. But we'll tell the next generation about the glorious deeds of the Lord. We will tell of his power and the mighty miracles he did. For he issued his decree to Jacob. He gave his law to Israel. He commanded our ancestors to teach them to their children. So the next generation might know them. Even the children not yet born. That they might in turn, or that they in turn might teach their children. So each generation can set its hope anew on God. 
Y'all with me? Remembering His glorious miracles and obeying His commands. Then they will not be like their ancestors who were stubborn and rebellious and unfaithful, refusing to give their hearts to God. How do we pass our faith on? How is our faith as as men of God, how is it carried on? I'll tell you how it's carried on. From father to children to grandchildren. And in America today, throughout the world today, we need men as never before. It is time for the church to rise up and say to the men, rise up, O ye men of God, rise up. Father, we thank you today for your word. We thank you today for the truth of the written word of God. We thank you for that logos. We thank you for that personal word, that rhema. We thank you, God, that the word of God stands when all else is shaken and all else is unsure and everything else has cracks and flaws. The word of God stands. And we receive the word of God today. We receive it that we would be men of God in Jesus' name. I'm going to ask you to stand. And I'm going to ask all my men, will you come and let's close this sermon series having a prayer for our men. All the guys, if you will, come. Every man, every boy, bring your sons with you.